Yo! Welcome in, everybody. This is Too Much Movie Night. Join your hilarious host, Brian. Best job I ever had. JJ. Alvia Zane, asshole. And Steve. Hit him with the will of Pete. Follow along as we dissect, debate, and dish out cinematic hilarity that'll leave you rolling in the aisles. So buckle up, grab your popcorn, and get ready for a movie podcast that's packed with laughs, entertainment, and probably a few bad jokes. This is Too Much Movie Night. Welcome in, everybody. It's Brian, JJ, and Steve here to dissect Military Week. We've got fury on the docket, so if you are ready, load your gun, strap on your helmet, because we're in for war. That's right. War, babies. (laughs) One hell of a ride. Not a fast one, because those things do not move quickly, but it is one hell of a ride. It's a little clunky, a little loud, but uh, yeah. Better than walking. Better, yeah, well, obviously, sure. you can tell because everybody wants to ride on the damn things anyway. <laughs> no, yeah. Right. The way those guys are just hanging off their ride, and I, I totally be right there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like, me in the grocery yeah. store and the, the cart gets pushed by. I want to hop on that thing. You think I'm not getting on a freaking tank? Hell yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a that brings up a really good question. Like, you know, if you're in war and you have a choice between being in this um, steel death trap, but has a freaking ton of power, a ton of like firepower in it. But yeah, you know, this little death trap or out in the open as a, like an infantryman, you know, it's kind of a grunt. Yeah. What do you do? You know, we, if you have a choice, what do you pick? Stick me in I, the box, I man. found myself. I found myself weighing the pros and cons for both the entire movie. <laughs> That's right. Dude. No, I'm riding every I, like I get it's a little cramped in there, a little squish, but you're not carrying anything. You're not walking. You're not susceptible to just random fire. Let me go for a ride. Or better yet, let me be Norm. Let me ride in the front where I can pop my head out a little bit, get some fresh air, but you know, and just pop back down every night, you know, button up. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty great. Like like you said, you're in a death trap. Like, if that thing gets hit right, everybody dies, you know. And it's probably not going to be, like, the best death ever. You see the you same know? thing about a Camry, though. Like, you know, you get hit in that <laughs> yeah. thing, you're dead, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it is it is kind of the same concept. But in this case, I mean, you're riding around. You got, you know, a nice bottle of scotch right next to your head. And a shit ton of cigarettes and bullets and... It's just, it's, it looks like a great damn time. Well, this being our military week, as we said, Fury was, uh, this was my win. I uh, finally brought one in. So happy now that we're on the uh, second half of our uh, Race to 100 Can we movies. just move on with this? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm holding in this feeling, JJ, because I know it's not coming until freaking November, but it'll be okay. Just time for Christmas season. Uh, but this is uh, David Ayer, David Ayer. Uh, directed and written by, we've got uh, Brad Pitt, of course, a mainstay here at Too Much Movie Night. Uh, Shia LaBeouf making a uh, second appearance. Uh, Logan Lerman, Michael Pena, and uh, yeah, the the dirty dude from um, Walking Dead, John Barenthal. 
Yeah, there but you he's go. not just that, that dude has been in a lot of stuff. He has, I he mean, has. I, a Punisher. I have a love hate relationship with him. I do too. Wolf of Wall Street, you know, like the Punisher, he's the Walking just Dead. A dick. He's, he's just a dick, and I just dude, refuse. What a great fucking actor. Well, but he plays a uh, yeah. dick in a lot of fucking movies, though. <laughs> but, like you said, John Bernanderthal. Is that what it is? I think, like, yeah. But uh, sixty-eight. $68 million budget. Uh, didn't pull in very much at the box office. Um, but some of us here in the studio were helping out that opening weekend. Uh, two hours and 14 minutes. A little long. A little long, but we'll break into that. Uh, but as we always do here at Too Much Movie Night, we tell everybody what was our first impression of this movie. So, JJ, why don't you walk us into that? Uh, first impression for me was I was actually visiting you and Alyssa uh, down in... Good old Lubbock, Texas. And uh, we were we were sitting there, didn't have anything to do, decided to go to the movie. And Fury was uh was the pick. That's what we that's what we sat down and watched and On a that was the January last time Monday. I went to a movie theater and up until um the new Top Gun came out. Jeez, what was that eight years separation between your movie going experiences? Hey, yeah, well, I just did everything online, you know. So, damn. Well, Steve, what about yeah. you? Oh, sorry. No, I was just say, yeah, first week. So my first experience with this movie was uh, was a uh, an HBO or whatever, you know, a a um, a movie channel um, movie, and and it was probably it was just one of those uh, it was one of those nights that uh, I was like, oh well. I, I knew what it was, uh, you know, from seeing the trailers before, uh, but I didn't go to the movies to see it, didn't rent it. But when it came out on and uh, in the in the you know on the premium channels, I, uh, I I watched it. But I only saw it one time. I only watched it. I've only seen it one time, and never really. It wasn't that it didn't make an impression on me. It did. But uh, I just never got back to it, and I don't know why. And after watching it again, I don't know why I didn't go back to it. Yeah, it's it was one that I was kind of interested as too. So as JJ said, yeah, I definitely saw this opening week or not opening weekend, but uh, when it was in the theaters, um, it was never a huge war military movie. You know, there's a handful of them that have left an impression on me, but. Uh, you know, they can be longer movies. They can be slower movies at times because there's usually a good amount of dialogue, a good of, um, you know, story explanation. And that's just, that's not for me. Uh, but this movie was simple. There wasn't a whole lot to it, slower parts of it. But it, like you said, it was memorable. And I don't know why I don't watch this more often uh, because I I own the movie. I've got it on Voodoo. You know, I've watched it a handful of times over the years. But uh, it is one that I, I feel like can get lost sometimes in just, you know, the, the vast realm of movies that we do have. Yeah. And that's why I think I like, agree. like that, that pantheon of movies, you know, that you watch and, and yes, you know, war, there are a lot of, a lot of war movies out there uh, or military movies, war movies and stuff like that. And, but, you know, I mean, when I was look, we'll watch this again, I started thinking, it's like, you know, this was one of the, like, besides like saving private Ryan, you know, as far as like one of the bigger world war two movies, that had like come out, you know, I'm not saying probably was old, older, but like in recent, I guess in recent times, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I just, uh, I, I, I missed out on it, I think, you know. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel well, like, it's... you know, as we've seen most of our wars more focused in the Middle East, I feel like that's where when we went through our uh, our America phase and our, our military craze again there at the, uh, you know, the 2010s, I feel like that's where most of these, you know, these movies were focused, were the Middle East or something revolving around, you know, uh, those types of enemies versus, you know, the Germans. The Germans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of the, in my views, one of the more darker, like, war movies, especially, like, about World War Two in general, like, there's a little bit more blood and gore, but it's just overall just a darker movie. Not only in the lighting, because I think we only see the sunshine like through one scene, barely. and then everything else is yeah, barely. And then everything else is you know just cloudy, nasty, disgusting. But it's just how it is. It's just dark, but I love it. I think it's great. So. I'm excited to talk about it tonight. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, let's I'm hop ready. in our tanks and let's roll into that trailer. Button it up. Button up. Stick left. If you think it can't get worse, it can, and it will. The dying's not done. The killing's not done. I promised my crew a long time ago I'd keep them alive. I was afraid you were dead. Where's the rest of Thor Return? We're it. Sergeant Collier, I'm your new assistant driver. Tank school? That's home. Never even seen the inside of a tank. You will. I started this war killing Germans in Africa. Now I'm killing Germans in Germany. Been with these fine gentlemen for years. Truth get by you. We're all dead in the water. All we got is you. I won't ask you to do anything I haven't done myself. Comp check. Photo check. Security check. Bob check. Bob check. Peaceful. History is violent. Wait till you see it. See what? What a man can do to another man. I'm scared. I'm scared too. It will end soon. But before it does, a lot more people gotta die. Well, you know, we do get a dollar thirty-five a day, right? <laughs> Best job I ever had. Best job I ever had. Best job I ever had. They're coming. How many? 300 of them. There's five against 300. We well, never run before. Why are we going to run now? We're still in this fight. Still in this fight. Now. In April 1945, the Western Allied invasion of Germany is encountering fanatical resistance. Don Collier, War Daddy, a battle-hardened first sergeant in the U.S. 2nd Armored Division, commands an M4 Sherman nicknamed Fury, fighting alongside his veteran crew, including Gunner Boyd Swan, who they call Bible, 
Loader, Kunas, Grady Travis, Driver, Gordo, and Assistant Driver and Gunner Red, all of whom have been together since the North African campaign. Red is killed in a tank battle and replaced by Private First Class Norman Ellison, a young typist clerk from Fifth Corps. Let's jump into this movie, Brian. Let's jump in the way Brad Pitt jumps off the tank and just tackles that dude. Starting off, you know, this is a gory movie. Dude, just oh, that was to the head. so fucking crazy. I mean, just like you, you see that scene, just that the scene of like all of that fucking destruction, right? And it's just, and then some some dude riding a horse through this, like checking it out, and then just rock. Like whoa, that was badass. Yeah, you want to know how to start a movie? That's how you start. That's a fucking, fucking a way right to start there. the movie, man. Yeah, edge of hook yeah. right from the beginning. <laughs> but I like our, our fun intro to the guys. You know, we get to meet a uh, war daddy, of course, um, Brad Pitt. Uh, might have been a little old for this role. I felt like I don't know how, how accurate do you feel that was, Steve? Like, I, just thinking about the time period, would would most of these guys be in their twenties, maybe thirties? Uh, yeah, I, I would think so, especially because he was like a, a first sergeant and. Um, uh, you know, so he he probably would have been, but it seemed to me like like he was very experienced. Like maybe he was, and thinking like you know maybe he was even like in World War One, and like as a young kid in World War One, and so then as like you know I don't know how old, but maybe like I don't know fifty, forty five, fifty. I guess like fifty if you're thinking about like. You know the time, so maybe he got out of world, got out of the war, and then when he joined back, he they gave him some rank back or something, you know, to go back to World War Two, because if he was twenty, yeah, you're thinking like, well, maybe fucking thirty years later, now he's like fifty, so because he, he was fifty for this movie, so was he? You know, yeah, yeah. Well, hmm. then theoretically, you know, he could. I mean, yeah. So, although probably not likely, you know, I guess that that's something that. That that probably could happen. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting. interesting. I, I think it just kind of depends how desperate they they were drafting yeah. people. Desperate well, enough to pull Norman out there, that's for sure. <laughs> but but it was obvious that like he he was more experienced, you know, because he yeah. he he had that he had that burn on his back, you know, that it showed later on, and yeah. so that that burn on his back when. You know, he's been with that crew since they first started in North Africa, right? So, well, did y'all the... see where that burn came from? No. Oh yeah, there's mm-hmm. a deleted scene where he talks about what happens with that burn. Nothing to do with the military. Nothing what is at it? all. Oh, so you know, he talks about his girl, or there's one mention to his girl that like he lost or whatever. It's back home. Well, he killed her uh, because just like in real life, um, War Daddy has a drinking problem and gets to be quite the asshole. And I guess he was at a bar and was with, at the bar with his wife and his little brother and got really pissed off. Cops showed up, so he hopped in his truck with his girlfriend and his brother. He flipped the car. Engine landed on his back, so that was what burned him. And then the other two perished in the car. And the, What an elaborate into, story. Well, so I guess that's how he got into the military because the judge says, well, the best thing you can do is go, kill, go die for your country. So then 
essentially sending him off to the war instead of sending him to jail. Wow. Well, that goes Eight. my whole theory. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much gone. But I was like, why wasn't that in the movie? The amount of slow parts, we could have like shoehorned this in. Because I watched the scene, it wouldn't have, wasn't more than two minutes. But I don't know, it kind of ruined it for me. I was like, I don't like War Daddy near as much <laughs> knowing this fucking I think story. That's, I mean, I think that's why we don't... We didn't, we didn't see that scene see, because yeah. it's like... I, I, you... I didn't think that he had a drinking problem. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's why he didn't drink think that bottle until the end. What? Maybe that's why he didn't drink till the end. Maybe. Oh, that's true. But yeah, we uh, we get to meet all those people. Bible, we got to see Shia LaBeouf back again. Uh, Alyssa, how'd you like Bible? Did you, did you think he was a, a good addition to the, the crew? I I do. You're peeping into my slice speech. But I love Shia LaBeouf in this, especially because he doesn't always play the... I mean, we did Disturbia and we talked about he's just like an impulsive kid. And in a lot of the movies, he's more on the messier side or just the little rascal side. And I like that he was the I mean, he was Bible. Like He was the sound voice. He was the optimistic. The scene where he I don't remember where it's at in the movie, but when he is in the in the battlefield i guess would you say and people are dying and he just basically prays with them for their last breath and trying to make that moment calm I'm like oh my gosh what a good guy <clears throat> what a great guy yeah love it <laughs> i guess he wasn't quite the great guy on on set though evidently it got so like it got so heated between all the cast members that he actually slept and ate breakfast elsewhere because he didn't get along with anybody the fact what? that, like, I guess Brad Pitt has had to like break up fights between him and Kunas, and um, just he that tooth that was missing, he pulled that out himself. That scar that was on his cheek, I guess he actually kept cutting himself to make that wound look real and authentic. Like, I'd rather doing not some know deep that. dives. He was he was some he is a weird weird fellow. That's for sure. I heard that he like re- like came out of this as like. A born again Christian or something, you know, even that, like I'm he, sure. he, really, yeah, that he like jumped into that, like, and into that Bible stuff, you know, they call it Bible, and and that he was like, you know, it's not just the words on the script. I'm gonna like really mean it type stuff, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, man, hmm. he really fucking jumped into it. That's crazy. Well, JJ, what I mean, was, I, uh, I, was... I could see him as taking that that Jim Carrey route of like diving so deep into your role that you live that that it's absolutely annoying and people hate you that method acting <laughs> i think it shakes your self-image like your identity yeah because you're not just trying on like oh i'll be obsessed with this or i'll take on this hobby or i'll take up fishing like no that is your job. That is your character. People like they practice, they cut off things in their personal life so they can help maintain that attitude and persona from the role. How do you not, if you are a good actor, how do you not? And then if you're someone that's like empathetic too, you're an empath. How do you not let that shake you? Which I yeah. guess that's why you see a lot of actors have mental health issues. Why do they drink so much? Well, because they're disturbed <laughs> because they're, playing around with anyways i'll get off my soapbox but i think i'd rather not known that about him i would have rather just thought he was fine on set 
and a good guy in his character. Well, that's what you're going to get here on Too Much Movie Night. A little too much. A little too much. A little too much. <laughs> I think one of my favorite characters, uh, I think, was Gordo. Michael Pena, I oh, think, yeah. is one of the funniest, subtle actors there is in Hollywood right now. Like, his lines are so quick and so fast, but the humor's just, it's so subtle that I, I don't know. I, just, I find him so freaking hilarious. Like, he was a great piece, a great add on to this. Um, I guess I was going to say trio, but there was, what, five of them in there? But loved this grouping that we had with him in there. I I, I agree. I, I I dig Michael Pena in a lot of the movies that he's in anyway. Kind of that, just what he brings to the role, a little bit of almost self-deprecating type of humor in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah. that he does. And, um, uh, but yeah, he, he, he definitely, you know, brings some of that w- in, into this and almost a little bit of a comic relief in a lot of ways too, you know, cause this movie does kind of need it. There's not much, there's not yeah. much room for, for like mm-hmm. making fun or having fun, but he, I think that he does bring some of that, that lightness to it. She'd let you I fuck mean, her for a chocolate bar. Yeah, that you got a kid that is just fucking scared shitless, and he's like got this gun in his hand while you're, you're driving in a death machine, and he he doesn't know what to do, and he just sees that girl, he's like, hey, she'll fuck you for a chocolate bar, and it's like, <laughs> what? I absolutely love. It. He just fucking out of nowhere just drops that line, and it's like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. That scene was great too. The banter that rolled off of that, like them turning into like, you know, him screwing with Bible at that point, War Daddy, like, you know, do you think, you know, God loves Hitler and all that? And then it gets really heated and awkward. And he's like, I think Hitler let, let me fuck him for a chocolate bar. <laughs> you know, just yeah. fuck us for a chocolate bar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but absolutely like perfect comic relief that we get in these intense, dirty moments, you know? Could you imagine like the. I mean, like this crew, I mean, what they have been through since, you know, for three years, right? They've been together riding in this tank. They know each other inside and out. They they eat together. They sleep together. They shit together, whatever. You know, they do everything together. They know each other, like say, backwards and forwards and just like the bond that they must have. And then you can just think about like, the types of conversations that they have, you know, it was like, I mean, three years you're with the same five people or, you know, four other people and that you're in there with. And just like, yeah, I mean, you, you just have to like, like in a tank from all different backgrounds, maybe there's things you don't have in common or you completely disagree on. But at the end of the day, that's going to be the person that has to have your back and possibly keeps you alive. And then you're like going through all this trauma because of the shit that they see. And, oh, that tank right behind you got blown up and all those people are dying and burning alive. That's unfortunate. Keep keep the mission rolling. Like what? Just ah, I couldn't. I'll just preface this. I'm going to probably be annoying because when I watched this movie, I've thought about it every day since I watched it and I watched it last weekend, but I can't wrap my head around just like the things that they saw, even now what you see, you know, in the military or just being in the thick of it and how they just kept going. So do you think they have, do you think they have P tubes in the tank? 
<laughs> yeah, they just got because, a little hole, a little hatch there. Because, just, like, you know. you know, like in the airplane, like there's a tube you can, you, or I mean, like if you're in a, like a fighter or something like that, or like in our plane, we had bathrooms. But other planes, it was like there's like P tubes. So you think they got that in the in the tank? That's just like a tube that just runs out the bottom, so you just pee. There's really P tubes in planes. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we see. There's a there's a, a cup for girls too. Like a like shiwi. A, like a shiwi type thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then it's a because it's, it's also kind of a vacuum because the airplane's pressurized, so it's a little vacuum suction, you know. So, so you can't miss. Right. No need to wipe. <laughs> Dry it right up. Do you guys get in trouble with that? <laughs> what? A little vacuum hose. Do Ooh. you guys get in trouble with that? Oh, okay. no. Oh, that's <laughs> Come on, we've been talking about it 60 seconds. I thought about it. The whole flight. It's it's not a penis elongator. Elongator penis pump. Let's go to section two before you elongate this anymore. As Fury moves deeper into Germany, the crew develops a disdain for Norman's combat inexperience and a version of violence. While moving in a convoy, he spots but does not fire upon a group of concealed Hitler youth child soldiers who promptly ambush the tank column, killing the platoon leader and the lead tank crew with an anti-tank weapon. Later, he hesitates under fire from anti-gun tanks. After a battle, Don orders Norman to execute a captured German soldier. When he refuses, Don wrestles his resolver into Norman's hand and forces him to pull the trigger, killing the soldier and traumatizing Norman. Or norm totally thought my thing was muted and so i was like i got a burp <laughs> that was a hell of a scene man you know there yeah. are, i mean i like it whatever they're like they meet the lieutenant and the lieutenant's like all right this way all right mount up boys <laughs> <laughs> war daddy's just like yeah if i can worry going nowhere sorry <laughs> have you even shaved yet yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> I love I I love how like all three of the other you know like tank captains are just big burly like hardened sons of bitches and then yeah here's here's the sergeant that's just baby faced George Nelson out here like fresh from Harvard <laughs> it's like, a little it's a lieutenant not a sergeant but lieutenant yeah. whatever okay, it looks like the on. lieutenant's intern yeah <laughs> assistant to the yeah, lieutenant. Ass- <laughs> but I mean, like everybody else is just like half these guys could break you in half, dude. Like, shut the fuck up. That's how it always is. Like you see, like other other like war military movies, you know, like Vietnam <clears throat> stuff like that, where the the young lieutenant, you know, fresh from fresh out of college, fresh from OCS or whatever, and they go right there, and now they're in charge of these dudes who have been in the fight because they're, they outrank these guys who have been in the fight for years now. And now here's this brand new Lieutenant has no idea what he's doing really. And it's thrown in to lead these other like, <laughs> like guys like war daddy or Bukowski or whatever, you know, those guys. And it's like, Holy shit. What a tough fucking position that is. Yeah. You know? What oh, a yeah. hard mm-hmm. position. Cause now it's like, you know, yeah, they're going to respect you because of your rank, but they're not really going to respect you because you have no fucking experience. You don't know what you're doing, right? Yeah. So you don't see a competent officer until that captain that you see later on with the the wool fucking wolf's 
coat it looks like he's wearing, you know. Yeah, and, and the scar on yeah, the side of his face. Yeah, that's when you finally see a competent officer, you know. Because, Old man, that's what they call him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that, that that's always that way. You see like that in a bunch of different a different war movies. So I think that was pretty stereotypical, you know, of mm. of, of that sort of stuff. So found that interesting. But yeah, it's a powerful scene though. Like you know when we're seeing Norm of with that first chance to actually shoot and kill somebody. You know those kids that shoot that anti tank missile. Like there's a lot to unfold there just with that whole sequence. Like how do you make that decision in your head that quickly? Like Ooh, I shoot moving target. Wait, it's a child. I don't shoot. Oh my God, they're about to shoot us. Like, how do you register and make those? I mean, obviously that's what Boar Daddy was trying to teach him. But holy crap, but I could not imagine. This is his first, like his first experience, his first in the moment making that decision. Of course, it's set up with it being that kind of predicament. It's not For just sure. a a plain and dry like, okay, this person's coming at us. I need to kill them. I'm not hesitating. You know, like Gordo telling him in the earlier scene to shoot the dead bodies. Like, how do you know they're not dead? Shoot them, you know. But this is, yeah, this is a kid. I don't know how the hell. Like, how, do, how does a 20-year-old kid that gets shipped out there and then shooting people? Like, ah, oh, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like war movies have never really hit me until, like, watching this one. Like, how much just that mindset, maybe me being 10 years removed from how old I would be if I was in the situation, you know, decades on decades ago. Like, just... How do you wrap your head around that? I've got brothers that are this age that are these kids would be in this, and they're dumb as shit. I wouldn't a give them a gun, b give them a tank, c put them in front of bullets. So like, just wrapping my head around that there was a generation of, you know, I guess mainly men that just had to go through that. It's just it blows your mind, you know. Well, I mean, you're talking about a couple of gener. I mean, it's because that's just been going on for for a long time. You know, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam. You know. Even yeah, but those weren't world wars. Like, were those as cool? No, it was just local. Yeah. And you, right. Just kidding. No, I'm not, I'm not downplaying them at all. It's my bad. My bad. <laughs> but world war, that's epic there. Like, come on. <laughs> well, yeah. But I'm saying, like, but there are kids that are, you say kids, I mean, 18, 19 year olds that are, that have been the, the, uh, I guess, like the, 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 uh, the bulk of the infantry, you know, the bulk of these people mm -hmm. in the tanks you know and they're all they're all young kids that are that are going out and doing this stuff and so uh yeah that's that's something that's like man it's just you know you think about that it's like that's just so crazy you know how they how they do that but yeah it's a lot of responsibility and yeah. i mean but what you said brian how do you get through it i think it goes back to and Steve, maybe you would have a different opinion. I don't know, but leaning on your crew, like if it's the people in your tank, the people in the squad, the people that you sleep in the same room every night, you may not like them. <laughs> you may not agree or have the same views, but you've been through the same traumatic experiences. And, you know, there's unfortunately a bond within that. And if that's the only bond and connection that you get to feel in that time, then that's better than nothing. Well, see, well, I mean, a... we see it. Go ahead. I was going to say, we see, we see it a little later on in the movie. Well, in the next couple of scenes that, yeah, they, they bitch and fight at each other and like argue, brothers. but in five minutes, we're cool. It's time to go to work, you know? Like, we put everything behind us and we're back in it, so... 
I think don't the, even think about it. I think the big thing is that Norm, because Norman didn't have those, didn't have those connections, right? Mm-hmm. He, and he's just fresh. He's young. He's never been in a tank before. Never did this. He just thought he was going to be a typist. He doesn't have that. I have to protect these people, right? These are, mm-hmm. these are my people. He doesn't feel that sort of sense of brotherhood, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, to, to say, Hey, I'm going to look out for, for, for everybody else. And I have to do my job to do that. I don't think he has that. And so, and because he doesn't have that, you know, that's what causes him to hesitate. And, mm-hmm. you know, and even though war daddy's basically said, you know, you see him, you shoot him kind of stuff that he still hesitates on that stuff because he just doesn't have that sense of, I have to protect them. You know, that makes sense. He's still pissed off. He's there. Like, yeah. I shouldn't yeah. be yeah. here. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not you guys supposed, are to, be supposed here. to be here because you're trained, you're experienced, but he, <clears throat> yeah, he's different than that. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which is, which leads to, you know, cause then you fucking think like war daddy, you know, they find that captured soldier, you know, they capture that soldier wearing an American coat or something. And these guys are like fucking with him, And he like says, okay, Hey, stop come here and then like gets norman out to like fucking yeah what was the whole point of that what do y'all think i will actually speak to a direct story because this scene hit home to me so hard the i i resonated with war daddy so much in this moment just him holding down norman forcing him to pull the trigger had to do something very similar myself with me and my little brother granted there wasn't a gun involved But as the eldest of two younger brothers, I did a lot of babysitting in my time. And my youngest brother, 12-year difference between the two of us, he, I think my other brother had told him that if his hand got too close to his butthole, that it would just (laughs) fall off or get eaten or something. Because my youngest brother, Nathan, had an issue with when he went number two in the bathroom and he went to wipe, he not only needed the four to eight squares that the average person uses, he would use the entire roll. And he would flush the entire said roll so that it would clog the toilet. Well, this kid's like, I don't know. I'm older. I'm trying to remember. It's, he's somewhere between like JJ knows six. where this is going. <laughs> and this, I got so tired of it. My mom was gone. My dad was gone. They were working. Clogged, still clogged. He's still clogged to this day. He's freaking 19 years old. But I was tired of cleaning it. I was like, you know what? You're going to help me clean it. And let's i'm gonna be honest here it's not child abuse here the the water wasn't even dirty the turd had already flushed the only thing stuck was the toilet paper itself so i would grab him grab his hand and shove it into the toilet as i would have to unclog it with two fingers while holding his hand with the other three this kid looked like spider-man or something out of a freaking like a horror movie uh, like uh, the exorcist his body would raise out of my arms feet would be on this he would scream bloody murder not to have his hand in this toilet but i'm like if i have to fucking do it you're doing it with me and as i tell you that i've done this multiple times with him i tried to do it four years ago when he was 18. like what the hell man flush the toilet with you mm. but yes it hit home to me I love oh. this. I just, I'm crying. I've lost my shit at that. That is fucking hilarious. Love you, Nathan. Wipe your ass better. Less, actually, it sounds or like. Less. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Oh. But goodness. Everything about that scene just filled me with, I know what he's feeling. In all, a all I could think about. of a way. All I could think about was Red Foreman and Eric Foreman going hunting, and he's like trying to make him shoot the deer in the face and he like doesn't do it like he just 
pansies on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh. Freaking. So, kind of going back, Steve. Like what I think you said, or Brian said, what was the point of this? Do you think that? Okay, backing up. After he has Norman shoot him and he walks away, he kind of sits by himself for a second, and you can tell that he's not all hunky dory. We're, we're moving on. He acknowledges that that was probably traumatizing for Norman. And I wonder, was that his way of, like, you need to kill your first person or you need to shoot off your first bullet that goes into, I know that sounds morbid, but, like, into a person? Because, I don't know, does that hold you back? I, I don't know. I've only ever shot clay pigeons and targets. But if there's that hesitation and he doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to kill, he doesn't see that they're bad necessarily he still sees him as a human being is he trying to help him like get over the hump of getting that first one under the belt and hoping that the rest of it comes easier maybe because you're so traumatized when you're in that situation again and you get back into fight or flight instead of freezing and flighting you're gonna fight i just i, I just love that scene when they're you know charging on into the trenches and all of the uh or one of the anti-tank guns is down. They're shooting at the other, but they're still charging in. And he yells out. He's like, Gordy, run over that guy. He just toothpaste this son of a bitch. Like, I feel like that was the I one mean, scene Alyssa remembered from this. Yeah. The jello body. But if you were driving a tank, what is the one thing that you want to do? Run over everything. Absolutely. Exactly. Squish it all. So I I was so happy they included that. There was that one scene where the dude was dead and he's laying in the middle of the road and they run over him anyway. And then as yeah. they leave it, it's like, you see, it's like, it's like squishing a frog. It's like, oh shit, there's that's just so a, disgusting. There's just a puddle and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's squish that section. Alyssa, why don't you take us to three? Alrighty. After the platoon captures a small town, Don takes Norman to help search and clear an apartment where they discover two German women in hiding, Irma and her younger cousin Emma. After Don gives them some supplies, the women begin preparing a hot meal and give Don hot water for a shave. As they begin to bond, Norman and Emma retreat to the bedroom and have sex, having been prompted to do so by Don. Later, as the four sit down to eat together, the rest of Fury's crew drunkenly barges in, harassing the women and bullying Norman. The crew's resentment towards Norman leads to a tense standoff with Don before they are called away for an urgent mission. As they depart, German artillery strikes the town and kills Emma, causing Norman to suffer a mental breakdown. Tank crews occupying the town receive orders to hold a vital crossroads to protect the division's vulnerable rear lines. En route, a lone German tiger ambushes and wipes out the entire platoon before being defeated by Fury. Unable to notify his superiors because the radio has been damaged, Don decides that he and his crew must continue the mission alone. This is where I feel like the movie picks up, right? Because oh, you're like, yeah. okay, they're on their mission, they're getting to a place, and then you guys are just talking about driving tanks. What do you want to do? What I don't want to do is drive a tank through a tiny town and they're cobble streets and they're like, yeah, take a hard left 90 degree angle. As you've got this, like, whatever that piece of the tank is called sticking out. Turret. There you go. Ah, yeah. Said that word in the, whatchamacallit. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, that was for me like, oh my gosh, could you imagine? I had a lot of imagination thoughts when I watched this movie. Like I watched the movie, <laughs> but then I was also in a mindset and like realistically, like living through this, holy shit. And yeah, just driving through a town, not knowing what building's abandoned. What building are we going to be ambushed from? That, I don't know, I liked how they set it up in this. They just like hunkered down and took over that little square. You know what Will said I don't like? It's just like, guess the, the tracer rounds. Did you guys notice how the Americans were red and the Germans were green? By Star Wars rules, the Americans are the bad guys. So, like, I just wasn't a fan of the tracer colors. If that could have been fixed, I think this movie would have been a whole lot better. But that's it's just, you know, my two cents. JJ? <laughs> well, I was I was just going to say, like, like to Alyssa's point, like, driving the, the tanks through the, through the small towns. Like, yeah, even though the Abrams are inferior to like the tiger tanks and the panzers it's a sherman but sherman sorry yeah got them switched up my bad even though the shermans are inferior like i feel like they're a lot a lot more agile so they could uh they could move through these smaller towns which which did give them like more of an advantage in these smaller streets compared to you know what germany had in their bigger tanks the panzers and the and the tiger tanks but at the same point, it'll fit. You just got to give it more gas. Pivot. Pivot. That's a good point. I I found this. I I like this. I like this town. You know, when they went to go to the town, I thought that that was really cool because obviously, you know, that type of stuff happened. You know, where they had to go into a town to take the town back or whatever, you know, it's just to keep pushing the Germans back. So they kept going into, into different towns. And so for them to be able to maneuver, you're right, JJ, like they could maneuver easier, you know, smaller, a little bit smaller tank to maneuver easier <clears throat> to do that type of stuff. Um, but I love this scene to where it's like, you know, hey, Opa, Opa, where are the Germans Opa. at? Boom. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Grandpa ain't going to be at dinner. <laughs> oh, man. And then you just got, and I have, a, I have an Opa. I had an Opa, right? I have an Opa and an Oma, you know, uh, from a German heritage. And so he's like, all of a sudden, they're like, Grandpa dies. Like, the, <laughs> the Germans shot the German guy, right? It's like they're fucking killing their own citizens, um, you know? Well, so so this this town is where I think Norman really makes his transition because they're pulling into town they see the they see the bodies hanging from the poles <sighs> and yeah. it's you know I'm too much of a coward to fight for my country or, or mm-hmm. whatever the signs say but it's like and and you can see like that's when Don is like you know this is what they do to their own people, you know. Like he's he's talking like that. He's he's driving that into Norm's head. Like, hey, this is what they're doing to their own people. They pull into the town. They kill everybody. That's when Norman kills his first. Technically, kills his first people on his own will, but that's because they're burning to death. And right, it's a mercy kill. Into him. The worst yeah. kill he could have made. So that's what that I was gonna ask you guys. So whenever he says like, "Hey, hit him with the Willie Pete," 
Do you know what that is? Mm -mm. Well, so Willie Pete is, is actually white phosphorus. So, ah, so, yes. So okay. white phosphorus is different than napalm is a jelly, is a gas jelly. Whereas yeah. the Willie Pete is this chemical, you know, white phosphorus. So when it ignites, that's what it, it like puts out these sparks and those sparks will keep burning because oxygen, as long as it has oxygen, oh. it's going to keep burning. So it'll keep burning through them. All right. So we're in a tank together. I feel Who's like doing what? Who's doing what? <laughs> I'm driving. No. I see Brian no. driving. I'm not good at aim. We play zombies. I'm always the driver. I'm not the shooter. So Brian's Gordo. Okay. Alyssa, where are you at? I'm probably freaking out like Norman, to be honest. <laughs> well, women are but supposed to be better to shots stick with my guns. Head out the front. So I think viable? I am a good shot. So I'm so definitely not viable? the loader. I think she'd be Norman. <laughs> I don't she, know yeah, whether she, to take that as a compliment or she'd be up front with a gun, kind of hesitating until she gets pissed off, and then she's just gonna be like, "Fuck you!" Okay, Fuck yeah, you. I'm Norman. Yeah, yeah. But I'm the amount of times that she's my assistant driver and we've almost pistol whipped each other, you know, like that may not be a great combination as her as my navigator, you know, like. <laughs> well, she's not the navigator. She's well, just you're the Gordo. We're up front driver. by each other. Well, yeah, she's got Never shotgun, navigator, and music. That's how that works. Put me in the back. <laughs> I see JJ is the shooter. JJ's the big gunner. He's the JJ, yeah. I, JJ I would, wants that big gun. Yeah, I would. I, I would love to man that turret. Like I think it'd be fun. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Fucking like fifteen degrees. Go watch, boo! Hell yes! You want to talk about big dick energy? All Give the way, all the way, all the way, all the way, boom, hit that button, all the way, boom. And we'll just throw Steve up there as Big Daddy on the mic, just give him the fucking, the mic so he can just talk and yell at everybody. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, until, until, left. <laughs> until I'm like, hey, Steve, load this motherfucker. <laughs> I need a 42 I'm not, degree I'm not turn. strong enough to load 45. these shells, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> He's down there kicking it with his foot, just ramming it in. <laughs> Get it close enough, I'll kick it. So, how'd you guys like this uh, apartment scene? Because too much of the scene, I was, I was cringing out because, you know, there was, uh, it was just so uncomfortable. Just between them and the ladies, and like there was that tension there, like they didn't quite know what was gonna go on, and then he had that like take her in the room. If you don't, I'm going. Like it was just so much about that. Like I just didn't like. I get it. I get that's the real of what kind of was going on in those situations when people are taking over the towns, but God, it was just, it's a two hour and 15 minute movie. Trim it down. That was, I felt that I found that that whole thing really uncomfortable. Also just thinking that like, you know, it was like right away, these guys roll into the town and they're look, looking for women to have sex, right? Okay. Here's this chick and we're going to give her a chocolate bar. And we're both going to fucking take her into the tank and like bang her in the I tank. I got next. I got next. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like leave me, give me sloppy seconds or whatever. It was like, but <laughs> I know fucking terrible. And it just, that thing, that whole thing was like really fucking cringy. Or even just the, Hey, you're going to blow up my town square, bust in my door, force me to make you breakfast and then shave your nasty face on the kitchen table. No, take that shit in the bathroom, dude. Like, <laughs> 
Sex aside, he was still a horrible house guest. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought he was Take a great house off. guest. He, he, gave he never eggs. once said please, though. <laughs> he gave her eggs. He was just like, hey, give me fucking hot water. <laughs> and then she went and fired up the wood-burning stove. Norm's <laughs> over there playing piano, and that's when Emma comes over and is like, hot damn, I love a musician. Let's go, Elton John. Back to Pena's comments there, like, when they finally do bust in the room, he goes, Hey, Norman, Norman, come on, we found you a girl. She's going to look a little bit like a whore, but it's because she is. Like, it's all good. So fucking, <laughs> yes. Like, the way he delivered the line and was what so is, fucking great. Everybody else is, like, just shit-faced, but what is Gordo wearing? That top hat with a cane yep. and the gold <laughs> chain, and he's just like... <laughs> like, what the fuck? So is... is War Daddy trying to guide Norman to be like him, or is he trying to guide him to not be like him? Because since since Brian brought up this whole alcoholic crash a car kill your family kind of vibe, is 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 that where we see the regret that War Daddy has in his own life, and he is now trying to guide Norman in the right direction, or is I don't think Is he's trying to. I don't think he's trying to guide him, guide him in life. I think he's trying to build a bond with him, so that way he will do his fucking job when it comes yeah, down he can to trust. It. Yeah, mm. trust that he's yeah. gonna help save his life. Yeah, that's what I think it really comes down to. I was thinking maybe, yes to all that, but also that maybe he has a tiny, tiny bit of compassion or a different type of kind emotion that he just acknowledges like Norman's not trained for this. You know, like he is a little bit set up for failure, not excusing it, but just acknowledging that this is not good for any of us. And maybe then connecting with what you said, JJ, about his past, he sees it as, like you said, everything is violence. So is this just one tiny little sliver opportunity for him to do good in someone's life or to connect with Norman to make his experience. I don't know. I think that there is a side of compassion in war daddy. Like you don't see that, but he almost gives me when we watched the searchers on the pod, that was the first time I'd ever seen that. And, you know, we talked about in that movie, he went on a mission or whatever. And it was like five years. And then there was more years and like, he just committed. That was his life. War Daddy's the same. He's been in war for a while. And then if that backstory is true, Brian, it sounds like he doesn't have a home to go into. And so maybe he views his crew a bit differently. And that's why he's also a leader is because that's what he has. And he says, like, this is home. That's home. Mm -hmm. Fury, yeah. Right. Yeah. When they arrive at the crossroads, Fury is immobilized by a landmine. While the tank is being repaired, Don sends Norman to scout a nearby hill, where he spots a battalion of SS soldiers marching towards Fury's position. He returns to inform the crew, and they plan to retreat, but ultimately stay to help Don hold the crossroads after he refuses to leave. The men disguise Fury to make it appear destroyed and then hide inside. While they wait to make their final stand, Norman is nicknamed Machine, as the crew members finally express their acceptance of him. They then ambush the Germans, inflicting heavy casualties— As a vicious and protracted battle ensues, Grady is killed by an anti-tank missile shot that penetrates the turret. 
Gordo is shot while unpinning a grenade and falls back into the tank with it, subsequently sacrificing himself by covering it with his body as it explodes. Bible is shot in the head by small arms fire. Don is then shot by a sniper and retreats into the tank. Don tells Norman to escape through the floor hatch as the Germans drop grenades into the tank. Norman slips out just before they explode and Don is killed. Waking up the following day, Norman crawls back into the tank and mourns over Don's corpse. He is rescued by a group of American soldiers and heralded as a hero. While driving away in an ambulance, he looks back at Fury's carcass as American troops advance. The final overhead image shows Fury surrounded by hundreds of dead SS soldiers. But yeah, so that fucking, that whole tank thing, man, I just like, you know, facing the Tigers, I like that, that they, you know, the war plan was like, all right, here we go. We're going to fucking just bum rush this fucker because we can't, if we stand back, well, now I did notice that like War Daddy's tank, they had a more powerful gun than the other Shermans. The other Shermans just had this little like tube. I was, I was going to ask you about that. What were the, the baffles on the end? So those are kind of they're kind of like flash suppressors if, in a lot of ways, right? Okay. Kind of like a yeah. muzzle suppressor, or yeah, j- just like a flash uh, uh, a flash suppressor, you know, on a, any kind of a M16 or gun or something like that, right? So, but it would release the pressure, and you know, so maybe the enemy wouldn't be able to necessarily see where you were firing from, right? Okay. So, so to try to like hide the flash. And, but but so they had a more. I didn't know if gun. that was a different. I didn't know if that was because it was a different type of turret on that Sherman, or if it was the same. They just had that modification done to it. Yeah, no, they had actually had a more powerful gun than the other ones did. So, okay, so so how do you know? Well, you can see because like the it was a it was a longer, bigger tube than what the other Shermans had. The other Shermans had kind of a, just a smaller, shorter tube. There's so you're saying size okay. matters. Size matters, yes. And okay. as being, uh, so Fury was kind of a size queen, so she needed the little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, so yes, yeah, size does matter when it comes to that. Like a longer, a bigger, longer tube. Uh, Wait, you know, so we're they, saying it's just the length, or is it the girth? No, of the it's tube the girth. Too? It's the girth that, oh. matters, that really matters, yeah. right? But the more girth you have, length. the more girth you have, the longer length you have to have too, in order for it to fucking, you know, for that for that mm. round to start spinning and, okay. you know, to 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 be to get there. So Alyssa, well, let's get a lady's perspective. What do you think? Let's not. No, pass. <laughs> 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 it's the motion of the ocean. Hey, that was a good try, though. <laughs> it's not the size of what you do. If you can get around to the back, you're good. Oh, so, my basically, God. <laughs> basically, to sum up what Steve said, short and thick does not do the trick. No way. If you're going up against but Germans, you're not going out there a freaking super soaker. You want that tank, man. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. How are you going to capture that if you're, you know, never mind. We're going but off topic here. Anyway. So Sherman's anyway, in the let's, let's Sherman's. get Let's get to the crossroads. We we meet the, the farmhouse. The tank the breaks hospital. down. They hit the mine. I love yes. how everybody, like, they, they run over the mine, 
and they're just like, oh shit. And they keep tiger, walking tiger, around where's it at? Like, I was thinking, if you ran over a mine, are you not nervous that there's going to yeah. be another one? In I, I thought that too. That? Yeah. It's like, wait, just one fucking mine, where we're all just going to fucking run around in circles and right. Not well, even I worry mean, about it. The whole team's mine, mine, or tiger, 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 and yeah, you know, here's here's fucking Brad Pitt. That's eh, just a mine. It's like, okay, just a pop one. out the tank. There's not going to be one right over here, right over here. Norm, go walk up the fucking hill. Follow the road. Well, there's but, rules in war. You only put one mine down per Well, but I actually, you know, think about it. Maybe it was an anti-tank mine, which would be like a magnetic, you know, type of mine. Uh, so they're not heavy enough just, to set it off. Right. Them just walking right. around. Because if it was just like an anti-personnel mine, the tank would fucking whatever you know kind of like yeah it wouldn't you know? it wouldn't have done anything to it yeah and well, it wasn't that like a, a like a little hospital like a there were dead bodies rotting inside that had tubes hooked up to them so that yeah, was, was like, that a, like a hospital station. okay yeah for germany yeah. or for yeah yeah because they they burned so, a german body at the end that's what i thought that would make sense then because that would still allow them to walk around there freely and they're like, well, but we know you got to leave the tanks at the entrance. You know, you can't bring yeah. the tanks close. <laughs> leave them so, at the gate. Leave them at the gate. So <laughs> check as, the tanks over there. As a, as a tank Valet. driver, Brian. <laughs> Sorry. Absolutely. As a tank driver, Brian, mm -hmm. are you driving on the road? Or are you driving beside the road? Oh, you've seen me playing zombies. I am 100% off the road. You can't run over cool shit on the road because there's usually not cool shit on the road except for cardboard boxes. I am 100% going through the grass. I'm fucking up old man Sherman's uh, tomato plants over here. I'm running over the fence that's holding in the horses. I'm just tearing shit up. This is not my country. This is not my land. I am just disrespecting all over Hitler's land, you know? <laughs> Eat that, you kraut eaters. Is that a slur? Did we say kraut? Is that... <laughs> I would say, uh, in a in a video game, that's cool. But but in an actual like a scenario, war scenario, you're gonna take the path of least resistance because mm. if you're driving through fields, you don't know. Again, you know the field's gonna bog you down. It's gonna slow you down. Whereas the road, you're gonna go faster. You're gonna get there faster because that's what they're for. And so so the path of least resistance is what you're gonna take. And but. If, I, but I like if if you're in if you're in an area where, I mean maybe yeah you're gonna hit a little bit of softer ground driving through the field, but you're in a fucking tank. <laughs> why would you, you not take that? Why well, would like you I not say, take that field to? It's still to gonna avoid. you're gonna go slower, and because yeah, you think because because they are also driving their vehicles and their tanks over those same roads, so. You know, the chance of them mining those roads is probably pretty slim. Whereas, um, like, they would, like, probably more mine the fields more than their own roads that they're going to be driving on, too. I don't know. Aesop's Fable said, slow and steady wins the race. Or is that Confucius? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> the rabbit, the hare, I've seen it, you know. I don't know. It's going to be way more fun mm. go, going off the road, though. I, that's, I think that's the, the winning answer to the question, though. As far as getting there more efficiently, Steve, you got it right there. But I'm having more yeah. fun going off road. If, right, so doing some if, donuts if I in were... a field in a tank. Yeah. Right, crop Sign circling with a tank. <laughs> Sign me up. A slow ass donut. 
Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just a circle. It's not really it's like a in Texas just... when they water the fields. <laughs> this is when the movie it takes a turn. You know, when they realize they're coming, we got to make a decision. We either have to run and we have no way to communicate with our people, so figure that out later, or we stand our ground. And War Daddy's really the only person that knows how important it is for them to stand their ground at that crossroads. So why didn't he tell them that? I wonder if it was like he didn't want them to... If you think about that, it's almost a suicide mission, right? There is a slim, slim chance that you're going to survive that. And so maybe he Captain goes down with the ship. Yeah, but he didn't want to put that on them. But here's my question to you guys is, do you think that the rest of them would have gone and left War Daddy there if Norman wouldn't have stood up and said, I'm staying? Because it kind of looks like they were trying to skedaddle out of there. Oh, they were trying to leave. They were trying to get him to go. It was. It took one person. And if any one of those, per, any one of them, would have said, "I'm staying," the other ones were going to stay. But, but the fact yeah. that it was Norman, like of all of them, the one that doesn't think, need to be there, that doesn't have as much attachment, like he's the one that's saying, "Hey, I'm staying." But Norman, I think, saw that that side of him from that town going back to that. You know, him, him talking to Norman, taking him up to the women's, you know, and said, okay, this is kind of an honorable guy kind of thing. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, you know what? I'm going to stay with him. And, and that's why I think he did that. But, but yeah, if it wasn't for not just Norman, but if any one of them would have said, I'm staying, then they all would have stayed. Yeah. But, I mean, if, if, if Bible would have said like, no, I'm, I'm staying with you. Everyone would have said Gordo. Everyone would have stayed. Then I'll jump in. Did you guys know this was actually loosely based on uh, true events? There was a, I don't know what his rank is, so I'm not even going to have to say one because I know Steve will correct it. Uh, but a guy that went by War Daddy was his nickname. Um, heavily mm-hmm. used this time period, World War II. And then also, um, not Leonard, what's his name? Norman. Norman's character was actually based loosely off of uh, Audie Murphy, was a Medal of Honor winner. Oh, yeah. Also in that same situation held down one position for, I think it was like 24 hours or something like that. Uh, but yeah, 21 year old. So kid. in the, in the opening line of Audie Murphy's book, he talks about, <laughs> I don't know why I fucking remember this. It's going to bug me and you're probably going to edit this out anyway. <laughs> Make you good. Audie Murphy talks about the first time he shot somebody. And his nuts swelled up to the size of a fucking grapefruit, and he couldn't walk for a fucking week. Audie did, or the guy? Why? Oh, okay, Audie. <laughs> the guy that Audie killed. He was just so fucking like, like his nerves. Something happened in his body that he couldn't fucking do anything. That's. Crazy. But anyway, Steve's back. Yes. Okay. So Brian, <laughs> go back to your original question. You guys ready to go to the slice tracker? <laughs> no. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I didn't know which question you meant. <laughs> uh, what question was it? I don't remember. I don't listen to myself talk. Well, all right. Go ahead. Our, our, our tank, we're all, we all have our positions in the tank. We don't have a loader because we never. 
It's Steve's signified. foot, remember? Somebody. Okay, yeah. He's got those we long can't toes. drive the tank anywhere. So, Brian, you you need to be doing a different job, obviously. Like, you're going to be shooting, but... I still got to move Would it vehicle. not be smart to take every single bit of ammo and in any supplies that we might need and just go ahead and bring them inside and sacrifice a little bit of moving room? Mm -hmm. I, th I thought about that, too. I was like, why isn't all of the ammo in there? Why are we risking ourselves to get out? No, right. granted, maybe a handful of shots. Let's leave it on the outside in case the battle goes out there. I get maybe that a little bit, but no. 90% put those damn shells in the freaking tank. 100% yeah. agree. I mean, I'm, I'm loaded up on grenades. So that way I can throw them out the little latch doors. I'm loaded up on smoke bombs. But actual bullets. Steve, you're muted. Actual bullets... <laughs> <laughs> so I was just why like, would I not leave? have those yeah. in the fucking tank with me like hey guys I'm out we got yeah, two cans on the back why the fuck aren't those back cans inside the tank let's sacrifice shoot these fucking krauts and have one some cup goddamn holder. yes yeah, get rid of one cup holder fill it full of few like, extra rounds oh. like I don't get <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. what kind of Route 44 You're... drink was taking up all the console room here the fucking Sherman isn't built for fucking leg room. Just fucking put your nuts together and shoot. Look at the actors, of course. Grab another can, load it yourself, and go. And there was, even if they didn't have any more room in the tank, there was obviously a hatch right under fucking Neatham. So just put the shit under the hatch uh -huh. and we just pull it right up. Or yes. you say this thing doesn't move. Fred Flintstone this bitch. Everybody, feet underneath. Ready, go. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I, I, you know, so those those grenades drop. It fucking took a long time for those grenades to go off. For Dramatic Norman tension. to fucking, yeah, for Norman to fucking <laughs> like, hey, there's a hatch. Yes. Do you know where it is? Yes. Go down the hatch. Okay. Here I go. And then boom, boom. <laughs> like, what the I feel fuck? like this hatch yeah. should have been told hours prior to this. Oh, by the way, did you know there's an escape hatch in the bottom? Just FYI, wherever in the shit, we're on fire. You need to get out. Go out through the bottom hatch. Maybe you dropped your so, ring and it fell off. You need to pick it up. You know, it's down there. Is that the same hatch that everybody is pissing and shitting out of? <laughs> is that where your p-tube goes to steve well i'm just saying norman norman's covered in mud is it actually mud they just soften the ground a little bit you know oh my god i think in that scene yes it is <laughs> but if you have to go through no, a pea hatch in order to save your life i'm taking the pea hatch oh. american soldiers <laughs> saving. boy you smell like shit get in the back of the van yeah <laughs> like, yeah but i'm fucking alive <laughs> I was kind of like Brian, like you said, it didn't speed us through these end scenes, but it also didn't last too long. Like everyone got their death moment, but it all happened pretty quickly. And which I was like, good, let's rip off this band aid because it was so sad. Because when you see Grady go down, Kunas goes down first. When you're in that tank, how do you not? Kunas like, oh, doesn't fuck. go down. He 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 splits or in he, half. He gets obliterated. Okay. When he gets severed, you know, how does that not, even though it's a real moment already, just be like, oh, fuck, this is it. Like, my countdown is started because he's already gone. And then out of all of them, I'm going to ask you guys who was the saddest death for you. But for me, it was Gordo. 
Yep. Like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Gordo oh, was... for you to jump on it. Oh. But Gordo was his own stupidity. He was sitting there fucking throwing. It was. He was throwing like that? hand grenades out of the hatch. Cocky. I'm throwing. And then I'm going to stand up out of the hatch to throw a fucking hand grenade and get shot. Why are you fucking? And then I'm going to drop the hand grenade inside. So, yeah, you should fucking eat that hand grenade yourself, bro. Because why did you stand up? Why did I just keep fucking throwing them out the hatch like you were doing? Because he's the size of Tom Cruise. He can't see over the top hatch. He's got to stand up to get over there, you know? So who killed the the most people? Mm. No. Who who killed the most people? Norman. Did Norman? I I, I think Norman had that fucking man-eater going. I mean... Speaking of that, Bed Dorman or Norman's feeling that way, being the only person to survive, right? Because we we everyone's gone. He's through the hatch, but that last scene when the soldier looks underneath the tank and he sees him, and he just puts his hand up. I was thinking about this actually this morning. That scene. Do you think that that was like producers, writers, or or is it me just connecting dots that don't need to be connected? Of if things were switched and it was Norman's first, second day and he had to look under a tank and he saw someone that wants to surrender, would he Norman maybe pass go. it up? I was just thinking like, is he being saved at the end because someone showed compassion or they were just scared shitless. And so he got to live and that's where he was at the beginning of the movie. Well, they show it's a young kid that looked under there too. So I think a lot of that was kind of that same, like, both sides of this fight there are people that a don't want to be there b shouldn't be there you know c just don't belong like that was a position that norm just should have never been a part of and i imagine the same thing for this german kid you know brian i I agree with you and i think that like that that was what it was it was like a lot of ways like okay this german guy young german guy is seeing himself and norman you know kind of a scared dude under the tank you know, so that, that compassion, <laughs> right? That compassion that you talked about, kind of Alyssa, you know, was like, I think he kind of, you know, that that young kid probably saw that, saw the, himself in Norman, and yeah, was like, okay, you know what, go, f you, this, you, yeah, you're you're gonna be. If fine. you can survive by yourself out here, then yeah. more power to you. You're not. I don't want to fuck with him. <laughs> but at the same time, it's an SS troop. That's what shook me. Or that's yeah. why I was like, mm, I don't know. I mean, like, is there, like, the fact that there probably could have been an SS guy that was like, I don't want to kill anybody. I just, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time and I got recruited my dad by and these my guys. Uncle, my grandpa made me sign <laughs> right? up. Like, I was thinking about that because when I was watching it, I was like, okay, I wonder if that kid's like, he could easily be like, blow a whistle and I'm like boop here he is here's this kid and now you didn't is he gonna get any props for that or is he gonna be like or because it almost like with this kid he's not gonna get fucking promoted he knows probably the war is coming to an end also they're getting pushed yeah. back and I think that he's like you know what fuck it right I'm done I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah I'm done we're done this kid's done you know it, 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 there's no point in it. You know, it's not like he's going to get anything, no benefit if he turns him in, if he shoots him or anything. So that's what I was thinking about. He's I mean, just it's, out of ammo. It's, 
it's obviously like in the later part of the war because they're in Germany, so it's it's the like yeah, and everybody's already like, driving on Berlin, shit like that. Yeah, it's mm. like you know, is it fucking worth it? They're gonna tear down the wall, man. Here it comes. But oh, that's I mean. Well, they haven't even put it up yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to start building a wall. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to start building one here. Build let's talk about... Tracker. I was going to talk about... Let's talk about that final scene where it fucking pans out and you just see the hundreds of bodies. I wanted to see stats. I was waiting for yes. the fucking stats yes. to come up, right? I like, wanted my Call of Duty end of game man. fucking like my KD up you there. headshots, <laughs> dead yes. people. I wanted to see F- the crew of Fury killed this many people and saved the column of doctors and supplies and you know and everything. I wanted to see fucking stats at the end. I want to see this fucking, th- but I missed it. I didn't get. It. There was none of that. But I guess because it's not yes. a true story, they couldn't. <laughs> it's based on true events. Historical fiction. Make some shit up. Let's Make go. Some shit up. Tell me how many they fucking killed. Right? <laughs> Kill hundreds. Well, we may not tell you how many people were killed, but we will tell you how great we're going to score this movie because it is time for the Too Much Slice Meter. If this is your first time listening, we do everything here, well, based around a movie night. And what's better than a movie night than a pizza? So we're going to score this on a zero to eight slice scale. A uh, zero slice movie is going to be, uh, well, it's going to be sticking your head out the uh, the tank and getting it blown off. Just obliterated. It all, you know, just ugh, messy. And a uh, eight yeah, slice movie is going to be <laughs> pulled out of the tank at the end of the war. Telling everybody that you're the hero. You've won it. You've held them off. Uh, guys, this was my movie. But I don't think I want to go first. So do we have somebody ready to go with their score? I'll go first. Oh, Steve's going first. I'm ready we're, we're to go. We're not going to discourage this behavior, folks. We're going to let him go first. <clears throat> Steve, line it up. What you got? Ready to go. So like I said at the beginning, I sort of missed out on this movie. I'd just seen it one time. I I I didn't dislike it. You know, maybe it didn't stick with me enough. But watching it the second time, man, I really had an appreciation for this movie. This is a really good movie. This is a, um, uh, you know, I, I like the cast. I really did like the cast. I even like Kunas, John Barathe. You know, I think he's a good, I think he's a great actor. Although I hated him in this in this movie uh, because he's just a dick. Um, but uh, but the rest of the cast is great. And of course, you know, uh, Brad Pitt, my doppelganger. Um, but <laughs> even though you know, of all the Brad Pitt movies, it's either you, it's either Brian or JJ's picks. I haven't picked any Brad Pitt movies. <laughs> Um, but, but that's okay. Uh, this being the fourth Brad Pitt movie we've done. Um, uh, but I, I, I like this character. Uh, you know, this movie had a lot of great action. It was a little bit long. Um, but it is still a, to me, it's a great movie night movie. I will watch it again. Hell, I want to watch it tonight. As a matter of fact, just go back and rewatch it again. This is a six and a half slicer for me. Wow. Did you groan when this hit the wheel? I thought I, I remembered I a groan when this I hit the wheel. <laughs> Six and a half. That was much mm. higher than I expected from you, Steve. Yeah, no, like 100%. Sweet. Well, who's going next? We got a volunteer? I'll rock it. 
JJ's rocking it. Sorry, Alyssa, would you like to go? Nope, go for it. I heard that sigh. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was Sheldon breathing. Like. <laughs> like I said, we we watched this movie in theaters. Uh, Brian, Alyssa, and myself all got to enjoy this in theaters. Not opening weekend, but probably a couple weekends afterwards. And I mean, it was it was fucking awesome. Tanks rolling around, shooting shit, everything blowing up. You got to see when the big guns blew up because the ammunition cast just fucking exploded and there's sparks going everywhere guys heads getting fucking blown off holy shit is this not the perfect war movie i mean a little bit of talking kind of some small boring parts that yeah we could do without but action to the fucking core <laughs> tanks what screams war tanks motherfucker tanks i love it keep it coming let's go I do love this movie. It is great. It is long. It does have some small points that need to be cut out, but solid six, 100%. Hmm. Six slices. Woohoo. Wow. Well, yep. Put me in the spotlight. Brian's going to go last. Um, I'm not going to lie. I thought I was going to be given my first eight tonight because what is a good movie night movie? You know, in, in the last episode, I told you guys, I realized that rom-coms, um, creepy, suspenseful thrillers and stupid comedies. Like those are my favorite. I am not a history buff. Um, do not call me to be on your trivia team because I won't play because I'll be embarrassed by how much I don't know. And so I'll say that war movies are fascinating to me because I don't come from a military background. I wasn't really exposed to that until the past few years. And since we've watched this movie, I've thought about it twice and like once every two hours, every single day, just my imagination. And I love how they took history, but then gave us a story and I don't feel like there was a part of the movie where I was like, all right, come on, wrap it up. You know, this is a long movie. I was engaged the or I was captivated the entire time. So I had to pull back on that eight just because if you're going to give an eight, like no doubt, right? No hesitation. You have to feel it. And I have a bit of hesitation. I also don't want to go back to these next 50 episodes having my favorite number be 7.5. Who likes that? <laughs> so this movie to me feels like a solid no hesitation seven. It's great. I think you can little eyes, you know, too traumatizing, but it's good for all ages, all kinds of move, uh, like backgrounds, interests. There's something for everyone in it. I think it gives you more once you leave the movie. Honestly, I think I've gained more from the movie after watching it than actually watching it just because the amount of time that I've spent kind of imagining or playing out scenarios or thinking about the reality of that situation. So lock her powerful, in. powerful. Locker in. <clears throat> Final answer. Lock it in. Seven when slices. was the Declaration of Independence signed, Alyssa? Don't do that. 1776. You sure? Yeah. 
I'm sure. And you know how I memorize that? Because there's a team called the 76ers. <laughs> <laughs> which, which we made that connection recently about why uh, they were named the 76ers. I was like, I can't ever remember because there's little jingles that people say with wrong dates. And I'm like, I don't know. But JJ knew that and my face just got hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> Sheesh. Well, my turn here, my movie, my score. Here we go. Uh, I didn't want to go first, but now I'm kind of glad I went last because you guys are definitely peer pressuring my score a little bit. I'm interested to see if I go higher than I thought I was going to. But, uh, yeah, you guys have hit it all across the board here. This is a solid movie. I have don't know that I've ever thought of like war movies, military mo movies as my cup of tea. But this one kind of makes me think that maybe I should give some of them a, a real chance. I haven't seen too many of them, so I think that might be one of those issues. But this was awesome. This really it got me in my feels just of that environment, that timeline of what really was going down. Uh, I don't know if I've ever really seen, you know, I've seen Band of Brothers a little bit. I don't know that I've ever finished it. But this one actually was a movie that made me feel as if I was in the shit, if I was going to be a part of that, if I was just some young kid that got shipped across sea and was just spitting tobacco, smoking cigarettes on the back of a tank, you know, this movie did that for me. It put me in that realm. Um, the action scenes were great. Uh, we had a lot of talking, a lot of slow bits. Like we've said, we, we need this movie. Get me under two hours and this will be a movie fighting for a seven plus score for me. But I'm going a little lower Oh, I thought I was going to be at that five and a half slice range, but after listening to y'all scores, the way I really kind of look at this, I think I'm going to bump it up, and I, I am going to give it a six slice. I think this is a good movie, almost great. It's one that I watch way more often than I remember, and I, I think it's a movie that needs to be appreciated and uh, put up there in that uh, our pantheon of, of movie night movies. So I'm going to give it a six slice movie as well. And with that being said, I gave it a six, JJ a six, Steve a six and a half, and Alyssa a seven. All that combined wrapped up into one beautiful pizza box, and that's an explosion score right there with a 6.38 score. Wow. That's some <laughs> Willie fucking Pete, man. <laughs> I know. Blinding you. Just coming that's at beautiful. you. <laughs> so here's a little bit of trivia for you. So... Brian, you mentioned like earlier on about that the, the Tiger was featured, Tiger Tank was featured in two movies, right? Mm -hmm. This one, and then uh, we brought up like Kelly's Heroes. So, actor in Kelly's Heroes, Clint Eastwood. Scott Eastwood. Scott Eastwood was in this one. Isn't yeah. that fucking interesting? You know, the two movies with featured the Tiger Tank. Both Shia movies. LaBeouf and him almost actually went to blows because I guess Eastwood was on the back of the tank at one point, spitting all over the place. And Shia LaBeouf just thought it was the most disrespectful thing ever. Evidently, he was pissed and was like trying to throw hands. And then they pointed out, no, 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 that's literally in his role. He's supposed to be spitting and it's supposed to go on the tank. So I guess that was a big thing where Brad Pitt was like literally breaking up a fight between him and Scott wow. Eastwood. And uh, I don't know that I could pick Scotty. It was it Scott Eastwood, right? I don't think I could yeah. actually pick him out of a lineup. I know I've seen stuff with him in it before, but he's kind of he a bigger guy. Fuck. He yeah. would have beat the fuck out of Shia LaBeouf. From what he's, I remember, he's a he's bigger fella. He fucking looks exactly like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. He looks well, he's, exactly he's Clint the, Eastwood looks like Jack Skellington. So, like, come on. <laughs> it's great. 
But where this movie falls on our scale, this movie is not quite as good as Dumb and Dumber The Departed in Zombielands, but it is better than The Incredibles True Romance and Shrek. It has a place of its own. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think it sits right That's in its own category, and I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. We are tired. We have walked our way all the way through Germany. I think it's time that we get out of here because (laughs) I'm tuckered out. That tank has worn me down. Brian has an hour to cut. (laughs) I've got an hour to cut here, folks. But thank you so much for coming around. If you have a movie you want to suggest, hop on our Too Much Movie Night Patreon, throw in a hundred bucks, and we are happy to break down any movie that you have there. Follow us everywhere: Instagram, Threads, Twitter. I, I just I can't deal with this music. He was a boogie boogie bugle boy of Company B. Love it.